Hi, my name is Corey, and welcome to the RCF Podcast, a place where you can dive deep into what the scriptures say, get caught up on current events, or sit back and listen to topical discussions on life from all ages. Well, good morning or evening or whatever time this finds you. Um, this is Ben. Uh, I have been recently reading in um, Habakkuk, or Habakkuk. Uh, there's a bit of a controversy in the youth group on how that's pronounced. Um, we'll go with Habakkuk. Um, for now, but uh, been looking through it uh, just as a go-between um, between a couple books that we were studying um, with the youth on Wednesdays, um, shameless plug, but I was struck by the fact that it opens up with a description of what Habakkuk is seeing in the world around him. He lives in a time where um, Israel's definitely in decline. There's um, uh, Manasseh, who was king over them, or king over Judah, rather, um, and brought all kinds of awful things into Israel, um, idolatry and fornication and pagan worship, um, burning his children even to false gods and brought that stuff into the temple of the living God. Um, and so the Lord's anger is burning against Israel and he will not relent. He, he must because he is just, he must, um, he must punish wickedness. He must dispense judgment. Um, and so there's a brief reprieve during the time of the King Josiah um, as he finds the law and is shocked and horrified by what he sees going on and what he sees um, laid out in the book of the law as far as um, what God dictated the penalty was for turning from him to serve um, false gods um, for rebelling against him. So he sees this and there's a brief um, revival and the Lord tells Josiah that, okay, this I've, I've not forgotten, um, I have not set aside my wrath um, because he is just. But while you are king, I will not bring this judgment. So there's a reprieve. And then um, you get to, uh, I believe, um, Eliakim. I might be saying that one wrong. Um, Who is uh, the next king? Well, there's um, Josiah's first son reigns for a few months and then is taken out of the way um, by Pharaoh. Um, Removes him, sets up um, Eliakim, or I believe he changes his name to Jehoiakim. Um, to rule over and pay tribute to Egypt. So they're under Egypt's thumb right now. Things have gone completely sideways from the brief blip of hope that was Josiah's reign as he sought the Lord with all his heart. Um, now to Habakkuk's looking around and seeing evil and wickedness thrive and, and no answer to it. Um, so picking up in Habakkuk chapter 1, um, just verses 1 through 4, the burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. I thought I said I was going to say Habakkuk, but Habakkuk it is. O Lord, how long shall I cry, and you will not hear? Even cry out to you violence, and you will not save. Why do you show me iniquity, and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife, and contention arises. Therefore the law is powerless, and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surrounds the righteous. Therefore perverse judgment proceeds. It sounds like a prophecy is something that uh, that you could uh, cry out and dis- be just perfectly describing today um, what is going on in the world around us. It sounds like something that was written today, but what he's seeing um, is very similar to that. Um, that there is that there's violence that there's no stop to. That there is fighting. That there is um, contention. That there is strife. That the law is powerless. That there is justice not being done. The wicked are surrounding the righteous and perverse judgment proceeds. He looks out and he sees this and he cries out to God because he knows 
by his word who God is. And he does not understand how a righteous God can allow these things to be, can let these things be. Um, and through over, throughout the, the next couple chapters, the Lord answers in an interesting way. Um, he answers very simply um, in, in chapters 1 and 2 as, as Habakkuk cries out to him that he is just and he will judge. And most of these um, of the rest of chapter 1 and chapter 2 is God speaking about the judgment that he is going to pour out. He tells Habakkuk that he's going to bring the Chaldeans or Babylon. He's going to raise them up and they're going to take over Israel, that they're going to wipe them out, that they're going to take and inhabit possessions that were not theirs. They're going to heap up captives like the sand of the sea, that they're going to take cities and strongholds, and that they're going to ascribe all of this to their gods, to their false gods. And Habakkuk is horrified by this as he looks at it and says, "Um, but Lord, these are wicked people too. These are a more wicked people even um, than us, which is debatable. Everybody's wicked. But he cries out and um, not understanding how, um, and he says in the end of chapter one, uh, verse 17, shall they therefore empty their net and continue to slay nations without pity? Basically, do they just get to to kill and, and take and destroy as, as, and with no end? Is this, they just get to do that? I don't see how that's just either, Lord. But before he asks that question, he centers himself on who he knows that God is. In verse 12 of chapter 1, Are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? We shall not die. It sounds almost like he's saying, no, you can't kill us. But reading through it, it's it's, um, that statement, we shall not die, comes off of his reflection on who God is. Are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? O Lord, you have appointed them for judgment. O rock, you have marked them for correction. You are of purer eyes than to behold evil and cannot look on wickedness. And so he looks and he says, I know who you are by your word. I know you, but I don't see how what's going on in the world, what's going on in my city, in my nation, and in the nations around me, I don't see how that fits with who you are. God's reply in chapter two um, is largely... um, a statement of, no, the Chaldeans don't just get to kill and steal forever. They will also be judged. They will also be um, wiped out. They will, there will be an end to them because they are wicked as well. But he puts this beautiful gem that's quoted often um, in the New Testament. Um, verse 4 of chapter 2, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. And then he reveals to him what he's going to do, um, what he is going to do to the Chaldeans, um, because he's shown him that, yes, Israel is going to be judged. He is going to pour out his righteous wrath on them using the Chaldeans, who have no idea that they are, they have um, no knowledge that that's what's going on. They just steal, kill, and destroy because they're wicked. But the Lord is using that as a rod of correction. And then he tells them how he is going to punish um, Babylon, punish the Chaldeans, um, And he says, uh, verse 5 of chapter 2, Indeed, because he transgresses by wine, he is a proud man, and he does not stay at home. Because he enlarges his desire as hell, and he is like death and cannot be satisfied, he gathers to himself all nations and heaps up for himself all peoples. Um, And then um, in verse, uh, towards the end, uh, verse 17 of chapter 2, the Lord lays out the end of it. 
the violence done to Lebanon, for the violence done to Lebanon will cover you, and the plunder of beasts which made them afraid, because of men's blood and the violence of the land and the city and of all who dwell in it. What profit is the image that its maker should carve it, the molded image, a teacher of lies, that the maker of its mold should trust in it, to make mute idols? Woe to him who says to wood, Awake, to silent stone, Arise, it shall teach. Behold, it is overlaid with gold and silver, yet in it there is no breath at all. Nothing in what they're doing has any life in it, and it would all come to end in utter destruction. But then in verse 20 it says, But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. In all this judgment and everything that is going on, God is holy and just, and he is in his holy temple. And then in chapter 3, Habakkuk responds to this just in awe. And all that he has asked these questions, what's going on? How does this fit with who you are? Well, if the Babylonians come in and wipe us out, how does that fit with who you are? And at the end of God revealing just his righteous judgment... Habakkuk sits back in awe, and he says in, in chapter 3, O Lord, I have heard your speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy, because he sees that God's judgment is just, and he cries out for mercy, knowing that it's undeserved, but that's the whole thing about mercy. God gives it, though we don't deserve it. And then he talks about the glorious God coming forth in judgment. God came from Taman, the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise. His brightness was like the light. He had rays flashing from his hand, and there his power was hidden. Before him went pestilence, and fever followed at his feet. He stood and measured the earth. He looked and startled the nations, and the everlasting mountains were scattered. The perpetual hills bowed, his ways are everlasting." And he just lays out who God is and how he goes forth to righteously judge the nations and how they're nothing before him. And it's this beautiful expression of his might and of trust and hope in his mercy. Because even as the Lord laid out the just, the just judgment for the, pride, the proud in heart, yet he said the just shall live by his faith. The just shall live by his faith. Verse 12 of chapter 3, you marched through the land in indignation. You trampled the nations in anger. You went forth for the salvation of your people, for salvation with your anointed. You struck the head from the house of the wicked by laying bare from foundation to neck. And then down in verse 16, when I heard, my body trembled. My lips quivered at his voice. Rottenness entered my bones and I trembled in myself. That I might rest in the day of trouble when he comes up to the people. He will invade them with his troops. And then he ends with this reflection, uh, a hymn um, that is to be sung to the Lord. I think it's a beautiful place for us to rest as we look around at the world and we see plundering and we see violence and we cry out to the Lord and we don't, um, we can't see the whole picture. Our, our understanding is so limited that sometimes we can't reconcile who, who we know that God is and yet what we see going on around us. He is long-suffering, and he bears long with the sons of men, but he is not forever suffering, and he will not suffer wickedness to go unpunished. And Habakkuk, in verse 17 of chapter 3, comes to this conclusion. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, 
though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and he will make me walk on my high hills. To the chief musician with my stringed instruments. This beautiful reflection of though I cannot see any fruit in the nation, though I I cannot see blossoms, I can't see fruit on the vines, I can't see the olives growing, there's no food in the fields, there is no oxen in the stable. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and he will make me walk on my high hills. That is our God. That is who we know and can put our trust in. And know that when we come to him, when we cry out to him, as Habakkuk did, that he will will answer us. At the first verse in chapter 2, after his first crying out with questions, he says this, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. So Lord, we ask that you would put in us the, a heart that just watches for your answer and rejoices in your salvation, knowing that you work in ways that we cannot see, that you are just, that you are merciful and that you have said that just will live by his faith. So, Lord, we follow you through faith. Um, Even if violence and plundering, even if there is um, judgment, your judgment is just and righteous and glorious. Lord, and we rejoice in your salvation that you, in your judgment, you remember mercy, and you save all who call on your name. We give thanks and we worship you, Lord. And ask that you would lead us by faith through these times. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks, guys. I hope that encourages you. It certainly encouraged me. God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful day or night or whatever time this reaches you.